Welcome to Digital Health Connect, empowering global collaboration podcast, the podcast that brings together the brightest minds in the digital health industry to explore the latest innovations and trends. Join us as we dive deep into the world of digital health and hear from industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators who are shaping the future of healthcare. So, good afternoon and welcome. My name is Andy Bleaton. I work for the ECH Alliance, the Global Health Connector. We're a member organization working with over 1,100 organizations across the globe in the field of digital health. We bring those organizations together in ecosystems. Uh, these are permanent multi-stakeholder gatherings, bringing together all the stakeholders of health. And we've got a number of these in Scotland. Uh, today, we're, we're doing one of our podcast series with our members in Scotland, the Digital Health and Innovation, Digital Health and Care Innovation Centre, DHI, as part of a series of podcasts we're doing with them. And today we're focusing on the topic of diabetes, and diabetes specifically within Scotland, experiences from Scotland and future opportunities. Uh, and looking at the idea of, of how we transform diabetes care using digital technology. I'm lucky enough I've got three great um, panellists on this podcast instead of just having a one-to-one -one conversation. Um, I'll introduce them briefly in a second, but we wanted to give a, a, a flavour across what's happening in, in Scotland and see not just in terms of what the, the, the size of the issue might be in Scotland, but what the experiences of people living with diabetes is and also those working with them is as well and what the future could hold in terms of partnerships and collaboration. So I got, as I said, I've got three fantastic uh, colleagues on the call today. First one I'm going to come to is Lachlan. Lachlan, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself, if you mind. Hi, I'm Lachlan. I love the type 1 diabetes. I was diagnosed at age four, and I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary. Wow. I founded my own charity in 2020 called Lachlan's Legacy. I did this to raise awareness and understanding of type 1 diabetes, reduce stigma and break down barriers and promote a youth voice. I want to help ed I want to help educate people on how to support people like me who have type 1 diabetes. I have recently moved to the closed loop system using Dexcom G6 and Omnipod 5. I am lucky enough to be a Dexcom warrior. I have won awards over the years for my work like Young Citizen of the Year, having lockdown champion quality and care people's choice diabetes award. And a few weeks ago, I was given a British Citizen Youth Award at the House of Lords. I am also a I Will Ambassador. And what do you do for the rest of the week, for goodness sake? Sounds as if you've got nothing going on. Fantastic, Lachlan. That's, that's inspirational. We'll come back to that and explore that a bit further in a, in a moment. Um, I'm going to introduce my uh, another of our panellists, Michelle. Michelle, who works for the DHI. Hi, Andy. Thanks. Um, that's a hard act to follow. Um, Michelle Brogan, I'm a Digital Health and Care Innovation Lead and I work with uh, DHI. I'm the portfolio lead for diabetes within DHI, which is a real privilege because I get to work across the NHS, government, industry, academia, uh, really to accelerate innovation in diabetes. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks very much. Thanks for that, Michelle. And last but certainly not least, we've got Professor Brian Kennan, who works as a National Clinician Lead for Diabetes. Brian, please introduce yourself. 
Yeah, hi there. Thanks very much. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Brian Kennan. Uh, as you say, I'm a diabetes consultant in Glasgow. Um, I'm also national lead for diabetes. And for my sins, I chair our national diabetes innovation and technologies group, who were set up to try and accelerate um, how quickly we can adopt innovation and technologies within NHS Scotland. And I'm just amazed that in Lachlan's introduction, he didn't mention he was a Kilmarnock fan as well, because um, usually that's front and centre as well, you see. Um, so that's my intro. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks to the three of you for that. We'll come back to you individually in a second. I just want to frame this, though, for the rest of the audience in terms of why this is important, why we're covering it. Diabetes affects about 425 million people across the globe, and that's growing as a problem. And I'm sure that information will be out of date by the time this goes out to broadcast. That comes from the International Diabetes Federation. It's usually linked to uh, the number of people growing uh, who've got type 2 diabetes. And, and certainly, I, you know, from the information we've got, but in Scotland, we know one in 20 people uh, are living with diabetes. We know from Diabetes UK that at least 620,000 people in Scotland are at high risk of developing type 2 diabetes. We know that we need to have different approaches um, to address this. And, and the idea about bringing in and using digital health uh, is why we've done this podcast, to look at how we can target use the use and uptake of digital health solutions to help people who are living with diabetes now and for those who come later uh, with, a with a diagnosis as well. And the idea then, as we do with all our ecosystems, is how can we scale up the best in show that we can see in Scotland, across Scotland, but also across the UK, across our ecosystems in Europe, the US, Canada, Africa and India and Australia. The idea behind that, that work is that much of these, much of these, uh, much of this technology, much of the solutions are involving and use and work with people living with diabetes because that's around helping them to get in and design solutions properly first time around instead of wasting a lot of space and time as we see with other digital health technology and going back and making up for mis misunderstanding and assumptions. So the involvement and inclusion of people living with diabetes is crucial to any approaches uh, around diabetes. So let's kick this off. Lachlan, I'm going to come back to you. You've got, you know, you've talked about the experience of living with diabetes and you've obviously got, you know, this really clear entrepreneurial spirit, which is uh, reassuring and yet kind of slightly worrying for people like me that haven't. Tell us a bit more about your work that you've been up to with your Lachlan's le legacy and, and, and the idea and the, the why and the reason behind it. Just tell us a little bit more about it, if you could. Well, I started up my charity because when I was nine, I broke my leg uh, playing football. And then when I won, when I broke my leg, I got a bit of mental health and went through a really rough patch just because I couldn't do the thing I loved, and that was playing football. Uh, so I said to my mum one day, when when my leg's better, I want to do something. And she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I want to do a charity event and I want to do... I just want to do something for those people that need help because I didn't get much help when I had my going through my rough patch. I didn't get much help, so I wanted to give the the people that don't get help a chance. So me and my mum sat down one day 
and then that's when my idea of a stadium marathon come up. So I done a stadium marathon. I done twenty miles across four. Twenty eight miles, sorry, in four days. Make sure you get and, those and train miles in. Yep. I I and I raised ten and a half thousand pounds for it. Wow. For to, uh, a diabetes charity and a mental health charity. And then I'll get the invited down to um Downing Street and I met a, a gentleman in there and they said, I've been following your story from England. Uh what are you doing next? You know, I just looked straight up at my mum and I was like, I don't know. I don't think we have anything planned. And he was like, well, you've got all these young people following your story and looking up at you and going, they want to see you keep going. So in the train home that day, I said, I think I should have my own charity. So that's where Lockland's Legacy was born. Wow. It's always important sometimes to get that background because for a lot of people, they think, okay, this is something that's just kind of been, been around for, for decades. But that's a real, I think, an eye-opener as to the background and, and, and the, sometimes there's some quick choices people make that have a lasting legacy, I use that phrase. So thanks for that. Okay, let's just, I'm going to open this out to, to, to all three of it, you know, but, you know, Scotland's got, got and, and been seen to have um, a long history of innovation around the field of diabetes. Give us, if you can, and I'll come to you, Michelle, first, and then to you, Brian, to say, look, you know, and then to you, and I want to come to you lastly, Lachlan, because I think there's a particular piece on with you, but what what do you think some of the examples of, of, of what does good look like in Scotland? Okay. Um, firstly, and then thinking about what's happened in the pandemic, how is Scotland going to build on some of the lessons we've had from the pandemic? And then and then I'll come back to, to you lot with a specific question. So Brian and Michelle, let's start perhaps perhaps I don't reverse it. This time, Brian, I'll come to you first. What 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 is good looking like in Scotland now? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all aware that it's a challenging time for the NHS and clinical care models. And I suppose I say that not to be defeatist, but to be realistic but but I do think within diabetes care then Scotland's probably fairly uniquely positioned because we've got an, an amazing resource called Sky Diabetes which is a national IT system where every single individual in Scotland is on this unified system that tells us not only clinical parameters but other things like technology use and whether individuals have undergone education and things and we could use that resource and we have utilised that resource to try and drive quality improvement. We can start to identify the people who are doing well, but more importantly, the people who aren't doing well, and then think, where can we target resource at those initiatives? And data is obviously quite powerful when it comes to driving innovation. So we've got a lot of ongoing initiatives that are trying to utilise our massive data set from artificial intelligence driven sort of risk stratification um, to using data to see the impact that innovations make like closed loop systems and things like that. Because we all need to be aware that we need to be able to show evidence that any intervention or any innovation actually adds value, not just to the healthcare system, but to the taxpayer and more importantly, to the person living with diabetes. So because of our interconnected data, our good collaboration between clinical teams, industry partners, and indeed 
um, academia were able to sort of sell this this one for Scotland's approach. So I think that's probably where we've been uniquely placed. We did do some work around COVID as well about risk identification, try and help the recovery phase so we could identify those most at need of input and support. So that's probably just some top line examples of I think the key thing that we have, which is data and the ability for data to drive care. Okay, important thing, both in terms of resource and data. Get that. Michelle, obviously the work of DHI is very much focused around innovation that's bubbling up and nearly ready. What's happening next? So I suppose if I reflect back on DHI's work, we've been, we just celebrated our 10th birthday there oh, a few years ago. So um, we've really always championed innovations that really use design to solve problems. And and certainly for us, you know, diabetes is 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 a really as Brian's described. You know, they're they've always been a bit ahead of the curve in Scotland. So always a really important important clinical group partnership group for us to work with. Mm. We've really championed our work around this whole idea about healthcare four point zero. You know, putting the citizen at the centre of our work. So this idea that if we can design develop digital tools that give people more access to their own mm. data their own access to kind of, there's this core responsibility. And we, we certainly feel that that echoes a lot of some of the work that Brian's described around data and the rich data sets that we have. We've championed a number of projects which really look at service design, new ways of looking at how we access services. We've got a quite an innovative patient facing digital platform called My Diabetes My Way in Scotland, which has really got the first patient integrated record access function so so we have a lot of really person uh, patient-centered approaches so we've really championed that I think over the years and and for us DHI it's really all about how do we de-risk innovation so it becomes something that everybody wants to be part of and how do we use some of our assets you know some of our simulation environments and, right. and how do we create that are of the possible, what's next? And I think we've really built some real strong collaborations across Scotland with all the diabetes community. So, you know, it's really important that a lot of the COVID work centres on that and we build from there, Andy, I think, as we go forward as well. Thanks for that. I've seen some of the evidence, that certainly for that, 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 that last piece in other areas that Scotland seems to excel at. Lachlan, I'm looking into the future now. Where would you like to see things in, say, 10 years' time in the field of diabetes? What would good look like to you? Uh, well, in the future, I hope everyone's got access to technology because some people are restricted to it. So I think mm -hmm. everyone should be available for access. Okay, access is key. Okay, that's important. In terms of a vision for this, okay, that's helpful. I'm going to move on to the next question about. In terms of, obviously, the conversation we got today is very much focused on Scotland, okay, and Scotland uh, for a reason. How do you think what happens in Scotland compares with other countries? Because I know from examples of of, of other ecosystems we work with. If you just think about just those around you and, and forget what happens in Germany or Africa or America, you're lost. So how do you think, um, I'll come to you, back to you, Michelle, first for this one. Where are we up to in Scotland in, in, in the adoption of digital innovation compared with maybe, say, 
Germany or Ireland or or um, other countries that you you partner with? I know DHI have a lot, a lot of collaboration. Yeah. Where, where do you think you are? So as I say, I think we've got a really rich history of innovation, entrepreneurship in Scotland. I think we see ourselves as a small country, but we've got a lot, a lot to offer within mm. the kind of collaborative space. So particularly say one of our big clusters is our life science sector. So mm. we've certainly got a lot to offer in that space. So um and what we've seen over the last few years is really a lot of investment in terms of some of our infrastructure. So what I'm describing there is some work we've done around um, a new test bed program that our chief scientist office has introduced where we've now got real world test beds across Scotland, which allows sort of industry and partners to kind of build and collaborate, which is really good. And I think one of the other big strengths Scotland has is our talent and our capabilities and some of our infrastructure. You know, we've got um, a lot more sort of universities. We've got a, a very strong academic sector. So I think we're doing pretty well for mm-hmm. a small country and I know mm-hmm. often when we look at our new innovation strategy you know we're pitching to to sort of position ourselves well within the sort of other Scandinavian countries in terms yeah. of size and capability Um, there's more we could be doing there's a lot more of work that can be done but you know I think it's all about um collaboration and the strength of mm-hmm. that infrastructure that we're building on to take forward as well so so yeah I think we're doing okay but there's always room for improvement isn't there Yes, but I but I have to be slightly controversial. I always think you know you're, you're actually doing um, when I when I when I listen to Scotland present um, in other ecosystems, the room is usually silent and people are writing notes and they're jealous. Um, so that's me as an outsider. I'm not Scottish, uh, as you probably guessed. Um, but certainly within our networks, we know not just DHI but Scotland as a whole um, are great connectors. And great collaborators across not just Europe but beyond as well. So, and a lot, a lot of opportunity there, and a lot of innovation. Brian, what do you? I mean, your in terms of your practice, what what's your opinion on this? Yeah, I mean, just building on sort of Michelle's comments, I suppose Scotland's often lauded as sort of small enough to be cohesive, but large enough to be important. And I think there is a critical mass when it comes to doing innovation and technologies. You, you need to be using enough of it. But if it's too big and too unwieldy and your care systems are too complex, it becomes difficult to assess um, the benefit. And I think in Scotland, that's where we are quite lucky. We can readily, particularly in the diabetes field, get together, lead clinicians, lead academics, lead politicians, and more importantly, the lived experience. And Lachlan's a great example of that lived experience. But we can very quickly um, get a good collaboration involving everybody right across our diabetes community and indeed beyond. And that's why collaborations with DHI and, for example, for us, things like NSS procurement, all the other areas that actually are fundamental to get an adoption, um, sorry, adoption of innovation, um, we can do it readily with a series of emails. You can get a Teams meeting next week and get all the key players who are likely to drive that change. And I I think we should be rightly proud of that. Yeah. I think lots of ecosystems are very envious of our ability to do that. And I think what we also have is, is leadership. You know, our CSO is very clear that this triple triple helix, when we talk about triple helix being 
industry, academia and the NHS all working in collaboration or indeed convergence around what's important to the person with diabetes, that's really powerful as well because it cuts through a lot of the politics and it cuts through a lot of the inertia. So I do think it creates a really positive, vibrant atmosphere, I think, for industry partners to come and say, listen, Scotland is big enough that actually if we can crack it here, the lessons we learn we can take to bigger systems and, and you know, utilise that. And as I said, for us in diabetes, then undoubtedly our data is really powerful. The cohesive use of big data sets is, is something that lots of um, other healthcare systems are quite rightly, I think, envious of as well. So I do think it is that we, we all work together, usually around quite a common aim, and that can be really powerful. I think you're right. Both of you are right. And and, and I think that the certainly from outside, I, I'm told by people that you, you seem to be of a size enough, not small, a size enough to be able to do whole systems approaches, which other countries can't even dream of doing because they're so hung up with legacy systems, empires and all the other nonsense that comes in healthcare and the egos as well. We'll throw those in as well for good count. Um, no, no, you mentioned about Lachlan. I'm going to ask just just a quick question for you. It's a little bit of a uh, a throwing question here. What what links does does Lachlan's legacy have outside of Scotland? Do you have any links up with other organisations outside of Scotland, or has it not been something you've looked at yet? Uh, not yet, but we're hoping to brand out the more we work in Scotland, and then we can start working elsewhere. But we want to get Scotland let our area covered first. Okay, okay, understood. That's useful. Useful for us to understand because a lot of certainly a lot of organizations we work with, whether they're where they're condition linked of, of that same approach, which is one to get, you know, at the end of the day, we're here for a reason, it's local or national reason. Um, so that's why we want to concentrate on first before we start getting distracted with stuff. Now then so we've we talked about this whole systems approach involving people living with their carers. Uh, the, the the professionals that work in the area, the, the, the researchers and the innovators, that ecosystem approach of, of innovations, not obviously just focused entirely around diabetes within Scotland or elsewhere. So you're aware, when I introduced the, the concept of ecosystems to people we meet, diabetes is an example, the case example I was saying on how we'd run an ecosystem, which is bringing in, as we've done today, the voice of people with a recent diagnosis. What's it like to live with those people who care, etc. What information do they need? What solutions do they need? And then also then with carers, what information and solutions do they need? And what information do they want from the likes of, of Lachlan and Lachlan's legacy? And then with the organizations such as policymakers, what do they need to know in terms of trends? Again, linked back to the other two organizations. And with researchers, what access to data do they need? So very often people understand the concept of ecosystems using that approach. And that diabetes is a fantastic case point because as we know with ecosystems, very often those different organizations, unlike today, don't talk to each other. So we'll have the patient organization going off doing their own thing and raising all sorts of funds and, and, and making noise and understanding um, level goes up. And then the innovators will go off and innovate separately in a little room and the researchers are doing it. But Within Scotland, this, this, this idea of having a Scottish diabetes ecosystem, what are the benefits and challenges you think could be there? I'll come to you, Brian, first this time, and then I'll come to you, Lachlan, and then Michelle. 
what do you think some of the benefits are? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think for a long time, then when you work in the front line of the NHS, um, you get quite frustrated as to how slow it can take to to get adoption of innovation. Um, and of course, that means that you just end up with a frustrated diabetes community. And, and I genuinely use the term community widely because, as you say, lived experience is really important. I mean, take type 1 diabetes and Lachlan will tell us more about it than I can ever say. 99.9% um, .9 of the time you're on your own. So there is no other condition that requires that high degree of self-management on a day-to-day -day basis to optimise your outcomes. So I think we have been very keen to make sure that whatever we are trying to prioritise, develop and implement has been to try and support individuals living with type 1 diabetes, which is why there's been such a focus in Scotland around closed-loop systems and getting access to these truly transformative technologies. And I think that is important. And I think pulling all the people together from different areas and the different parts of the ecosystem that can make change happen. And it was last week I heard the term used increasingly about convergence. So let's move away from, or let's move past collaboration. Collaboration is when you have a nice catch up and a nice coffee and share a bourbon biscuit. Convergence is when every partner there is trying to work towards a common goal. And I think we've been able to articulate that across the Scottish diabetes community. And I, I think DHI have helped us significantly because they've done a lot of discovery work about what's important to people living with diabetes. And we've then tried to channel our policy position, our clinical care model, our research activity around that common goal so that we are all trying to promote the same agenda. And I think that does drive change in your ecosystem because if people buy into it and support it, they're much more likely to help it get adopted. Um, and that's why I think we have been able to cut through a lot of the issues. We've still got challenges. Information governance is a major challenge for us. Um, 14 board areas all doing different things can be a challenge for us. But again, because of the dialogue we've got, there's a bit of shared learning, um, and some of the regulatory stuff, then we help support each other and navigate some of those processes. Because again, it's back to that small enough to be cohesive. That's helpful and reassuring. I'm, I'm, I'm Michelle, I've worked in healthcare for 35 years and some of the silos we've got now are worse than when I started. Um, the difference is now they're within organisations as opposed to, you know, years ago, I'd be battling innovators in the, in the NHS. Well, now they're all battling each other. You know? So there's, there's, we've got these silos. What, what what are DHI up to in terms of trying to change the, the narrative of this? Because we need to break down some of these silos and get rid of some of these egos that are still around in the ecosystem. Absolutely. So, I mean, just to really build on Brian's point, you know, we, we find ourselves at a really crucial point in Scotland, I think, because, you know, when there's fiscal challenges across the whole system, you know, we really need to make investments in the right type of solutions, design the right products. It's really fundamental now. Mm -hmm. It always has been important, but now it seems more important than ever. So for us, we are really pursuing um, a lot of really innovative thinking around cluster models. So, um, mm -hmm. and you'll probably be aware of some of our work where we've looked at other key areas like healthy aging and mental health. And one of the things I'm quite keen to look at over the next 12 months is whether we can you know, develop a, a, a 
you know, strengthen the cluster model for diabetes mm. in Scotland. So we're going to be taking some uh, consultation around that. We're going to look at what kind of supports, infrastructure, what could we do to kind of accelerate things further? And how mm. can we obviously open up, um, you know, opportunities to attract a bit more inward investment into Scotland as well? Do you know, and obviously mm. now that the UK is back in the Horizon Europe funding programme, you know, we're really quite... Mm excited about kind of some of the opportunities that that might look so so we've got a big role around horizon scanning about looking at what the innovation priorities are in scotland how we can you know match relevant partners and that's certainly something i think that we've got you know an important role to lead as well some of the work we've done recently our research portfolio has been working collaboratively with um with our colleagues in the life science sector and, and Brian's um, work. It's really about identifying what are the next innovation research priorities. So we took quite an, a novel approach to this and that we actively engaged with citizens of Scotland. We engaged with health and care professionals to tell us what matters to them, what matters to them most about what work we want to do going forward. And we're just about to publish that work. It's quite exciting because I think it really draws on um, that real co-design, co-participatory approach to thinking about what do we need to invest in. So, so for us, we've got this rich repository now of ideas, opportunities where we want to look at some open innovation calls to kind of wrap around some of that. So, so yeah, I think we've got a lot to offer in this space, and but it is all about how we co-design and, and work collaboratively with other partners about some of this work. Right, thanks for that. Lachlan, I'm going to ask you a question now, because I, I sometimes sit and listen to these, these talks and I think, okay, who's missing? Who's missing in the, in the conversation about diabetes? Do you think that we need to bring in? Is there other organisations that aren't health focused that maybe need to be brought into the conversation on diabetes, do you think? Um, I'm not really sure to be honest. That's okay. Um, um, but can I say something else, please? Yeah, please do. Oh, well, I took part in a, I took part in the Digi Inventors Challenge last year, uh, run by DHI, right. and that really helped get well me and my three other friends done something on type one diabetes. Uh, we were making an app about something to send out to all sports coaches um, right. because they don't understand type 1 diabetes and it's very hard for a sports person to go and play in a new club or do a sport and the coach doesn't understand. So we took part in the Digi Inventors Challenge uh, to make that app a reality and we won. So uh -huh. that, helped, that helped us and get diabetes out there. Yeah. Hmm. So somebody, you've actually answered your own question which is they're the people that were missing the the the, the, the information for sports coaches was missing so yeah you, you took that with it well done so and is that had has that started to make impact yeah it's now let me set up my own t1d and giving you the voice group which we go in and speak to the different people about type 1 diabetes through the charity. So the charity I set up and I've got 14 youngsters uh, all working in this right. group and getting like youth youth voice out there 
to because they should be held more than. Wow. Wow. I'm inspired. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the work that Lachlan's Legacy done is a, a real inspiration to all of us, I think. Um, and I think it just shows you the value of ensuring that that lived experience is there. Mm. I suppose I was just thinking on your question, Andy, about who else is not involved. And uh, to my mind, it's about we need to accept that like 20% of your healthcare outcome is determined by healthcare, your healthcare mm. system. So 80% of your healthcare is not your healthcare outcome, sorry, is not determined by your healthcare system. So it all comes down to financial issues, housing, education, all the sort of social determinants help. And that's the key challenge for us is how do we extend our ecosystem from just health into social care, into education, into financial inclusion? Because although we're talking about innovation and we're talking about technologies, we know that by default, when you implement them, there's the potential to make inequalities worse if you don't do this properly, because the people who are best able to navigate the healthcare system get access to these technologies and innovations quicker. So we really need to positively ensure that we're addressing the totality of our population and trying right from the outset of saying, how will this innovation benefit everybody and what are the barriers to that and how do we overcome those barriers? So to my mind, and what we're trying to work on in Scotland is exactly that that additional reach out with healthcare so that they can be the drivers for improving access and really addressing the, addressing the inequalities that we see in our, our healthcare system and outcomes. Okay. Any other input from you, Michelle, or, or, or Loughlin? No, I, I think that um, that's fundamental. And often what I think is really interesting, I've obviously worked um, and diabetes for the last 18 months or so but what we're learning I think as part of some of the innovation and the models we're applying to diabetes they're hugely apl applicable to other long-term conditions mm -hmm. and I think that's what's really really interesting about this work and you know and some of the work that Brian's alluded to about inequalities that isn't just diabetes either it's the whole gamut and and so it's really important so I think what we're learning as part of this work has huge, you know, focus in other areas as we start to transform sort of health and care services yeah. and look to sort of future models of care. So, yeah. uh, so no, it's 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 really, really, I think, has a wider purpose as well as improving outcomes for people with diabetes as well. Helpful, helpful, and inspirational. I'm gonna I'm gonna press pause for now because I think we've had some great input. I think there's a future in terms of 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 of. Um, building this cluster around diabetes within Scotland. I think there's a massive future in terms of the work you're doing within the NHS in Scotland. And, and Lachlan, your legacy, uh, Lachlan's le legacy is, is already making an impact. We've seen that in terms of the, the work you've done around type one diabetes and, and the impact in terms of your, your, your Digi Innovation Award winning um, app you've done already. Um, there's more to come, I can see that. So I'd like to personally thank you, uh, Lachlan Murdoch, for, for your input and hopefully people can search out and we'll put the links in and on the podcast for Lachlan's legacy um, so we can share and amplify your message because that message is missing across Europe of um, I think the clear message of type one doesn't stop me uh, needs to get across wider than just Scotland so we can help amplify that. Um, 
Brian, Brian, kind of thank you as well from 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 your input from NHS Scotland because uh, that's vital in terms of having that that input from health healthcare and and I think also then thank Michelle Brogan from from DHI um, to give us a bit of inspiration in terms of what's next, what's bubbling up next, especially for the promise of work in and around a diabetes cluster within Scotland because I think. There's more interest in this than just Scotland. And I know that from the work I do elsewhere, whether it's in Brazil um, or Canada or or in, in Zambia. <laughs> when I was speaking to people from Zambia, because I, I, I want to know when I meet people from different countries, what are their top 10 itches that they need, they need to scratch? Diabetes, mental health, always are up there. So that's always a big issue, whether we're talking to someone from Melbourne, Malawi, or, or even um, closer to home in in in, uh, in Moray, Moray Firth, for instance. Okay, Michelle, just uh, last bit of input from yourself, please. Yeah, just to say thanks so much for this opportunity. And if anyone really wants to hear more about the work or the research we've recently done in DHI or the work we've got going on as part of our um, work up in the rural and remote aspects of Scotland, then please do get in touch and we'll be more than happy to kind of share any information we've got. But thanks very much, Andy. Magic. Any asking, any other inputs from yourself, Lachlan or, or Brian at all? Yeah, just to echo Michelle's thanks very much. It's been an interesting discussion and it's always nice to, to have a catch up with colleagues across Scotland and beyond to just sort of reflect on where we're at, but more importantly, where we're going. So thank you for hosting the podcast today and for keeping us on track. We'll publish any information we get through uh, alongside this podcast. So if we've got any links or website links, or even uh, details where to download your app, Lachlan, as well. We can uh, stick that into, and um, hopefully we can continue, continue the conversation. Thank Thanks you. very much for taking part. And hopefully this is the first of many, um, first of, of two uh, of two of these galleries we're going to be doing with our colleagues from DHI. So I look forward to the next one, which is going to be live and in person in Glasgow. So I'm <laughs> coming up north again. Uh, so I'm only just a, I'm only just across the border anyway, so don't worry. But I'm, I'm heading up to Glasgow for December to do uh, our next one. Um, so uh, looking forward to that one already. But uh, it's been lovely. Thanks for spending the time and, and giving us your insight and your input. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Digital Health Connect, empowering global collaboration. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and stay connected with us as we continue to explore the latest developments in digital health and the power of global collaboration. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.